Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Amen. How many of you love your pastor today? Amen. And how many of you really love your pastor and his family? Amen. They are uh, such a blessing, and I just, it's an honor and a privilege to, uh, to be here today, and I believe, you know, I'm glad I've got a positive wife. Man, we just left, we were preaching up in New England, and it was 25 below zero where we were the day we left, so we got to Maryland, and she said, oh, it's 30 degrees, it's warm. She said, it's so warm. I said, man, i got a positive wife, it's still below freezing, and she's saying it's warm, but I don't think heaven's going to have a whole lot of snow myself. I I, I, I like uh, sunshine, amen, but I love it. Even in the cold, we got people that are crazy for Jesus here today, amen. They came to church, I love it, and uh, we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, we've got, uh, I am Ben, and I've got my tribe of Benjamites. I'd love to introduce you to them real quick. And the uh, guys, come on down here. I want to introduce you to my uh, crew here. We have a new Benjamite show up about every year at our house. And the uh, last count we had was seven. And uh, come on, guys. Come on, give my family a big hand, will you? <clears throat> come right up here, guys. Stand right up here. All right. We got them coming here, all sizes, ages. Come on. Amen. They're coming. And uh, we've got, oh, she's coming. Let's go. She's, uh, we got to see some fruit of the spirit there, Aveline. Come on. They're still in training, amen. But, uh, amen, come on, Abby, come on, she's coming. Yeah, she made it. All right. <laughs> We've got Lena, Coulter, Elsie, Preston, Riker. That's Aveline there, and Conrad. And how many know I couldn't have done it without the queen of the tribe, Gabriella, amen. And uh, they are a blessing. See, a lot of people, they quit after a couple of kids, but some, you know, they don't realize, see, the more you have, the easier it gets. Look, I'm delegating to him right now. See, they're helping raise the younger ones, so you just have a team, that's all. But uh, they are such a blessing, and I was telling Pastor, Preston's, um, God has led Preston to work at Subway for two years and then become a preacher, so that's his plan. But... Uh, he loves Subway everywhere we go. But we, uh, these are future preachers of the gospel. They're all young evangelists right now. Amen. Traveling for Jesus. And uh, I think they ought to sing us a song. What do you say? Yeah. Let me sing something for us. Real loud, guys. Go for it. Real loud. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Oh, I don't know what you came to do. But I came to praise the Lord. Oh, I don't know what you came to do. But I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus is the one that I came to praise. I came to praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus is the one that I came to praise. I came to praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus is the one that I came to praise. I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 
good job, guys. Good job. In the hand. There you go. Yeah, you can go with them. <laughs> Amen. They are a blessing. Boy, how many know children are not a burden? They're a blessing. Children are gifts from God. And they are not just an obligation to me. They are a joy. And we have such a good time. And Pastor mentioned going down the road in the van. I've also learned the wonderful blessing of earplugs. Amen. <laughs> Amen. They are a blessing. Just pop those in. Guys, be as loud as you want. Amen. I just smile down the road sometimes and uh, with the earplugs in. <laughs> no, but they, uh, they are a blessing. But I believe, uh, tell somebody you're going to get exactly what you need today. Come on, tell them. You're going to get exactly what you need today. It's no accident that you're here. And I want to uh, tell you about our material here real quick. In the back, we have a table. We give God all of the glory, but our book called The Faith Focus Mind continues to sell all over the country. Isn't that a good-looking cover? Amen. But, uh, but that The Faith Focus Mind continues to sell. We have to keep reordering it. This book will bless you. It will feed your faith. And how many of you remember, I said this morning, how many of you remember what a potato tastes like? You know, I'm from Maine. A lot of potatoes come from Maine. How many remember what a potato tastes like? But how many know, and just remembering that is not going to feed you today. Just remembering what it tastes like isn't going to feed you. And faith does not come from having heard. Faith comes from hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You don't need pastor to come. He's a great preacher. You don't need him to come every week, though, and give you something you've never heard. You need to keep hearing and hearing and hearing about how much God loves you, how much how much God wants to bless you, about how he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You've got to keep feeding your faith. And when faith comes, fear has to go. And this book will show you how to walk by faith and not by sight. How many have ever heard religious people before? Say, you know, in, a, in the negative sense, they have a religious spirit, and they'll say, well, well, you know, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And, but that's because they don't, re I guess we're just to live in confusion until heaven. But, but see, that's because they don't read the verses before that. They clearly say the ways of the world are not the ways of God. The thoughts of the world are not the thoughts of God. But I've come to tell you today, God will give you the mind of Christ. He is not the author of confusion. How, the Bible would not have said lean not on your own understanding unless he was going to give you an understanding of his word and his goodness. And he wants to bring you through whatever you are facing and you can win every time with Jesus. Amen. Come on, somebody say, I win every time. I win every time. He always causes us to triumph. The Bible says. So this book will bless you. And we don't put prices on anything. We just invite people for their best gift of any amount to send us. We take cards and we take um, Dunkin' Donuts, I think, and anything else. But I'll tell you what. We went out to eat last night and uh, they put some bread on the table. And it just, just disappeared. And it was pretty funny how fast it went. They had to keep. Uh, but uh, we've got other materials here to feed your faith. I'd love to preach to you on the way to work. God, uh, this so many different messages here. You are who God says you are. And I preach that in a mighty church down south. You are who God says you are. I love Genesis 39 too. It says that Joseph, think about it. Joseph had been beaten, betrayed, 
sold. He was in, he was in the natural at his lowest point. But the Bible says God was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man in the house of his master. What? He didn't look prosperous yet. He didn't feel prosperous yet. But how many know he would go from the pit to the palace? He was who God said he was. And you are who God says you are. You are not what your bank account may say today. You're not what the doctor may say today. You are who God says you are. Gideon was just a weakling hiding wheat from the Midianites. But the angel of the Lord came and said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He didn't look like it. He didn't feel like it. But he would become a mighty leader for God and lead his people to victory. God wants you to know you are who God says you are. That message will bless you and so many. This is the first. We have several new products that we just picked up this week that are available for the first time back there. I'd love to preach to you while you're cooking dinner, as I said, while you're driving your car, and it will feed, feed your faith. I believe that God desires that every one of us not be ashamed of the gospel. That doesn't just mean we're not ashamed to tell people about Jesus. And my focus is souls. We saw people come down today to accept Jesus in the first service. Give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That's what it's all about. Churches that get away from winning the laws just get weird. But this is a soul-winning church. And how many know souls are the only thing you can take with us, with you? Souls are the most valuable thing on the earth because they live forever. And we are to go after souls. But God wants you to know that his plans are good for you this year, and he does not want you to be ashamed of the good news, meaning I'm not ashamed to expect God for the best. I'm not ashamed to expect that I have the right to live in debt freedom. I have the right to expect that God says I can live long and strong. I have the right to expect that I don't have to live depressed. I don't, Jesus came to bring good news, What's good news to the depressed? You don't have to stay depressed. What's good news to the sick? You don't have to stay sick. What's good news to the poor? You don't have to stay po, no mo. There's nothing spiritual about being broke. God wants you to live in the land of more than enough. Jesus was not poor. How many poor people do you know travel with a treasurer? Joseph and Mary weren't poor. Well, Jesus was born in a stable. That's because the Hampton Inn was full. Joseph was a successful carpenter. And I spent years of my life, I love the poor. But I want you to know, Jesus came to tell the poor, I will change your life, not just in heaven. I will change your life here and now. Bless you to be a blessing. I will prosper you with a purpose. To Everything God's called me to do has been expensive. But God doesn't ask me to pay for it. He just asked me to believe for it. Amen. And I'm not ashamed to believe God for the impossible. Don't be ashamed to dream again. Amen. Don't be ashamed to think big. You can spell God G-O-O-D. He's a good, good God. I know God's plans for every one of you today. They're good. They're good. And so I believe we've got good news for you here today. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's make this declaration together. Again, what an honor and a privilege to be here today. Your pastor is a high-ranking officer in the army of God. I'll tell you what, 
I go to churches all across this nation, and there's no finer pastor than your pastor here. Do not take him for granted. Amen? Pray that God continues to bless him and his wife and their children in a mighty, mighty way because as he's blessed, it flows down to your house. Amen? And we declare in Jesus' name, Sister Rachel, that shall not return in Jesus' name. Come on, it shall not return. She's living long and strong. Isn't it great to know, no matter what storm comes, we can declare, I'm going to the other side, amen. And she's going to the other side. She's there, amen. Psalm chapter 65, if you get your Bibles, let's make this declaration, come on. Let's say, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can be who it says I can be. The Word of God is our source of faith. And as we hear it, we will never be the same in Jesus' name. Let's look at this verse here quickly, Psalm 65, 11. I want you to put this on your refrigerator. I want you to make this your golden scripture for the year. Psalm 65, 11. You, saying meaning God, you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Abundance. More than enough joy. More than enough peace. More than enough finances. More than enough strength. Some of you have a spare tire in your car, but no spare peace. No spare joy. How can you help someone else if you're living in the land of just enough? Well, all I want is just enough for me and my own. What a selfish thing to say. I don't want just enough of anything. I want more than enough so I can fulfill my destiny. Even the hard pathways we read overflow with abundance. How many, I know we're in, the, in an urban area, but how many, I know some of you though, you're, you're from the country and you know what I'm talking about, hard pathways. How many know if it's a hard pathway, it should not receive any seed. It should not produce a harvest. But man, this word says you can claim this for this year. Even where ground appears hard, even where seed should not grow, even when we don't deserve it, even when things look impossible, even when bad decisions or mistakes have been made, we have the right to declare this year, 2022, shall be a year of great increase in every area because we serve the God of increase, not decrease. The God of forward, not reverse. And his plans for you are good. He wants you to claim today. It doesn't mean that you never have a problem. It means that problem has no right to stay. It doesn't mean you never face a conflict. It means you are armed for conflict. You have the armor of God. You have the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. You are armed for it. We fight the good fight of faith. Why is it good? Because we're set up to win. We're not set up to fail. We're set up to win. Is it too much good news for you today? Amen. You all right? His plans for you are good. I love John 10.10 10 that says that he comes the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't just come to harass. He comes to take you out. But to me, that's good news. Because the very fact that we're here today is because God has not allowed the enemy to take us out. 
If we're not dead, it's because God's not done. And we can declare, I'm going to live until I'm satisfied. I am who God says I am. God is looking for your agreement. His greatest joy is to be believed, to be trusted. We are the just shall live by faith. It is a way of life. Everything we do shall be done is to be done by faith, trusting God. He's not looking for your stress this year. He's not looking for your toil. He is looking for your trust. I want to look at some scriptures here quickly that you can write these down. And I love this. King Nebuchadnezzar is speaking. And you can write these verses down and meditate on them this week. I want to go quick. But look at this. I love this story. I want you to hear There's times that we can hear things and think we know things. But I love how the word of God will continue to speak to us. There are times you can have heard a verse for years, but then you pick it up again, and God shows you something totally new about that scripture. I want you to get revelation today. Daniel chapter 3, verse 15. Why do we go to the word of God? Because the word of God is our highest truth, our highest reality. So many people, they try to dumb down the word to get to their level of experience rather than believing that God will lift up their experience to the level of the word. Amen. It is our highest truth. What God says is more real than what the world health or whatever, or that little Fauci guy or whatever. What God says must become our highest reality. Amen. We go by his word. Daniel 3.15. Now then, as soon as you hear the sound of all the trumpets, bow down and worship the statue. If you do not, you will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Do you think there is any God who can save you? Does that just sound like the enemy? Do you think there's any God that can save you? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer. If you're, in, if you're with child, you can consider those names today. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, Your majesty We will not try to defend ourselves. Man, I just love how they answered, we won't even try to defend ourselves. Isn't it great when you know that God is your defender? He's your protector. Man, he is looking out for you. He sees the end from the beginning. God's not surprised when you are facing something. He, you may be surprised, but he's not surprised. And we are to keep our trust in him. We're not, we are not We will not even try to defend ourselves. If the God whom we serve is able to save us, and they knew he was, by the way. If the God whom we serve is able to save us from the blazing furnace and from your power, then he will. But even if he doesn't, what they mean is even if he does it a different way, your majesty may be sure that we will not worship, listen, your God. We will not bow. Speaking for a few minutes about refusing to bow, and it's going along with the same thing from the first service. But I want to say, the Lord just led me to just bring it a little different in this service. I want you to hear me today. He wants you to refuse, even if something or someone appears to be more powerful. Although you, you may look power, more powerful, they said, we will not bow. Although you may look stronger than us, we will not bow. Although we do not know how God is going to do it, we refuse to be discouraged. We refuse to give in to the pressure. We refuse to fear. 
We will not bow. God was looking for their trust. To bow is to believe that someone or something has a position of power over you. To bow, to allow yourself to fall into bitterness is to bow. To allow yourself to begin to complain is to bow. Those who complain remain. But those who know how to praise, God will raise them up out of whatever they're facing. To bow to anyone but God is to step out of agreement with God into agreement with the enemy. I believe any, any one of the Israelites could have taken out Goliath. But David was the only one that chose to agree with God. Amen. They all agreed with the enemy in his strength, in Goliath's strength. But I mean, I'm telling you, how many know you can love someone but not trust them? I get a lot of people, I, I love them, but I wouldn't trust them with five bucks, man. I'll just give it to them. I'm not getting it back. Some of them are probably relatives, you know what I'm saying, man? So maybe they're sitting next to you right now. I mean, you know what I mean? But you love them, you love them, but you don't trust them. Man, they loved God. There, David was not the only one who loved God, but he was the only one there who trusted God. And God used him to do the impossible. These three Hebrew boys, they refused to bow. Those who refuse to bow, those who refuse to step out of faith, those who refuse to agree with the enemy are rewarded every single time and ultimately will come into a place of victory. We are not trying to attain victory. We live already from a place of victory. That's good preaching today. We're not trying to attain things that God's already obtained on the cross and paid for and belong to us. We know the men were then what? Thrown into the fiery furnace. Seven times hotter. <laughs> I wonder what they thought when, well, that, this isn't working out too well. What? Now you're throwing us into the fire. Uh, seven times hotter. God, where are you? <laughs> no, they had, people, they had faith. What happened after they refused to bow? Daniel 3.25 the king said, lo, they had thrown him into the fiery furnace, made it seven times hotter. I see four. See, they were walking by faith. It appeared to even be getting worse. But nothing's impossible for God. The king said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. They were in the midst of the fire, yet had no pain. They were in the midst of the fire, but no struggle. Listen, they were in the fire, but had no sorrow. And the Bible says, and the, he said, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Man, I've come to tell you today, the devil's going to wish he hadn't messed with you. I said the devil's going to wish he hadn't messed with you. God's getting ready to turn around what the devil meant for evil. And he's going to use it for good. And think about it. They were, you may feel like you're in the middle of a fiery furnace today. I want you to know he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there with you. He's right there beside you. And right in the very presence of your enemies, he will set up a table for you to sit down and enjoy life and not sorrow, knowing that everything is going to be all right. Can you say amen today? You're not even going to wish anything had gone different. 
You're not even going to wish anything had gone different because God, because God used it for his good. He's working all things together for your good. My God doesn't bring the bad, but he turns the bad into good. Come on. My God doesn't bring the morning, but he turns your morning into dancing. He doesn't bring the mess, but he'll clean up the mess. My God is good, man. My God doesn't give and then take away. If he did, I wouldn't serve him. That was Job speaking out of frustration because Job didn't have Job chapter 1 to read to find out it was the devil that had stolen from him. But don't feel bad for Job. That was just a short season in his life. That boy got double for his trouble. Amen. Man, everything. The devil had stolen everything from him except that crazy wife of his. Man, that woman just wouldn't go. My God. Curse God and die. But he got double for his trouble. And God's got double. You can claim it for yourself. I'm getting double back for my trouble. God's promised it. And see, what I love is the scripture shows us that God is no respecter of persons. It's one of my favorite verses. God is no respecter of persons. That means if God will heal one, he'll heal all. If God will bless one, he'll bless all. If God will do one something for one. That's why jealousy in the kingdom of God makes no sense. It makes no sense. I get excited. Man, get excited when somebody just get, got keys to a new home. Say, praise God, mine's coming. Amen. You see someone pulling to church with a new ride? Oh, look at that, man. How'd they get that? Man, I tell you what, man, I, I'll never get one of them. No, you say, praise God. He's no respecter of persons. Mine's coming. Amen. Get excited. The same God that blessed them will bless me. He's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And I love how the Bible is not just a history book. That's a great historical story that Jesus showed up when those three Hebrew boys were in the fire. But because the Word of God is not just a history book, and it is also the living Word of God, that means I can know the same God that showed up for those boys will show up for me as well and will show up for you when things are heating up. God doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are going through today. God is simply saying, just like Peter, if you will keep your eyes on me, uh, you can do the impossible. And Peter walked on the water. It's when he took his eyes off the water. I think today you can probably walk on the water outside. It's frozen. But Peter, when he took his eyes off Jesus, was when he began to sing. Let's continue in Daniel quickly. Then the king called them out of the furnace. And what happened? I said, those who will not bow, who will not give up, who will keep trusting God as a promise keeper. The only thing God cannot do is lie. Those who will not bow are rewarded. Daniel 3.27, administrators. He called them out of the furnace. Administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men, the three Hebrew boys, on whose bodies the fire had no power. Had no power. And even the smell, it goes on, even the smell of fire was not on them. 
Man, come on, I love that. Even the smell of fire. Then the three young men were given high positions, and the king declared that their God was the true God. See, the top line of that story is that the, the three Hebrew boys lived. But the bottom line is that the, the king then said, let me tell you something. Those boys, their God is the one true God. And he made a declaration. We're going to serve Daniel. We're going to serve, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego goes, God, because their God is the true God. I want to live the kind of life where people say, man, look what he's gone through. Look what he's doing. And he doesn't even smell like smoke. My God, look what he's doing. How many know smoking won't send you to hell? It'll just make you smell like you've been there. But smoke, when you get around smoke, man, you can smell it. Somebody had us over to their house for dinner the other night, and they had turkey that had been smoked. It was one of the worst things I've ever had in my life. I'm like, did they have this on top of a chimney for three days? I felt like I was eating a bunch of ash or something, like ashes out of a fireplace. My God, it was horrible. I mean, smoke, and I know some of you like smoked turkey. That's okay. You can like it. I just don't care for it. I'm telling you, when smoke gets around things, you, you are going to see an effect of smoke. When, when I'm up in Maine and we're at home in between meetings and we make a fire in our wood stove that we love, man, you can smell that all over me, and I like the smell a little bit, uh, but I've had enough of it. I'm heading to the palm trees for a while. Amen. But I want you to know, smoke, it was a God thing that they came out of that, not even smelling like smoke. I believe with my entire being that God will never allow you to face something unless he's already determined you can come out not even smelling like smoke and stronger than before the attack. I said stronger than before the attack, as we said, double for your trouble. They were in the fire but felt no pain. They were fireproof. Fireproofing is not fire prevention. But they were fireproof. It wasn't fire removal, but they were fireproof. Fireproofing means you can be in the very very midst of the fire, but not burn. In the same thing, it's like being a well-insulated home. No matter what storm is going on around you, you can be at peace on the inside. The world's idea of peace means no trouble. But God's idea of peace means strength in the middle of trouble in the midst of the fire. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. I love this verse. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. There remains a rest, we said. There remains a rest. Say it together. There remains a rest. That means it's there available for you. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Think about that. God is saying, not walking in the rest of God, even in the middle of a storm, he's saying not walking in the rest of God is literally disobedience. I believe living in continual worry is sin. I believe carrying cares is a sign of pride. Saying, God, I don't think I can really rest tonight. 
I need to worry. I need to lay up uh, tonight and think about plan B, plan C, plan D. You know, I, I, I got a my pillow, but I still can't sleep. And man, I think I need to worry about this. I don't think you got this thing figured out totally. That's pride. But there remains a rest. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. It is available to every child of God. There remains a rest. Man, I have learned to do ministry in a rest. I have learned to be a parent in a rest. And they may try to take it sometimes, but they don't have the power to take my rest unless I give it to them. Anybody, <laughs> anybody or anything, we walk in supernatural rest. I have the right to rest. When I leave here today, don't tell me, take care, brother, take care. I'll say in love, no thanks. I cast all my care on the Lord. Amen. Are you hearing me today? He's my caretaker. Jesus will be for you what you call him. Jesus is my caretaker. Jesus is my caretaker. Come on, Jesus is my care. Jesus is my provider. Jesus is my healer. Jesus will be for you what you call him. I'm, well, may, so if somebody goes to heaven, well, may he rest in peace. Well, if he knew the Lord, he could have been resting in peace his whole life. I'm going to rest in peace right now. Come on, is somebody, everybody awake today? Amen. I'm going to rest in peace right now. I'm thankful for heaven, but I'm not going to wait until heaven to rest in peace. I'm walking in rest that remains available for me here and now, and no joker that cuts me off in traffic is going to steal my joy. No situation, no bill in the mail. My son Preston, who wants to work at Subway, he said, when, he, when he was born, he was in New York City in the hospital for some two months in New York Presbyterian, a famous hospital. He was there for two months, and there was a lung issue going on. We just kept speaking life over him. Man, I walked over. Uh, he used to have wires and all kinds of stuff. He was like pasto, and I'd go over and stick my finger in his hand. He'd go, man, he'd grab my hand. I said, boy, he's a fighter. Man, come on, he's a fighter. He's coming out of that, and God totally brought him out. He is totally well, and, but I'm telling you, God wants you. I remember after he came out of that, though, we got a bill in the mail for $900,000 that the, the insurance did not want to pay it. And my wife told me that. I said, I refuse to worry about that. I just learned to take envelopes and go, God, you got mail. God, you got mail. There it goes. You got mail. I used to be supernaturally broke. I used to get so many, I used to get colorful mail. You ever get colorful mail? Like water shut-off notices, electric shut-off. I mean, you get beautiful mail. I mean, red, yellow, green. You get 10 days to pay. I mean, incredible. But God brought, those days are over. I've been broke. I've been blessed. Blessed is better. Amen. But I'm telling you, we see, I, I refuse to worry about that. He ended up costing about $2 million when it was all said and done. That $2 million baby. And he's worth every penny. Amen. But God totally worked it out. Man, God worked it out. The insurance would pay, and it totally worked. But I'm glad I didn't waste months worrying about it. Are you hearing me today? Yeah. I remember our very, well, one, day, uh, one day we heard about our mother-in-law that had a, a situation going on. And that it looked like she may not have long to live. Now, some people, they'd start rejoicing over that if their mother-in-law was going. Oh, come on. Have a sense of humor. Amen. But, but, man, I'm telling you, I said... 
I said, I told my wife, they said, we're going to be doing tests. It's going to take weeks and weeks to even know or whatever. I said, I refuse to worry about that. I said, take, give me the phone. I said, in Jesus' name, we speak the desired end result, that she shall live and not die. Now we're done worrying about it. We are going to remain at rest. How many know your pastor and his wife are great examples of this? Amen. They walk in supernatural rest. Man, you got leaders that know what I'm talking about. Amen. And God is bringing, I love it, man. God loves it when people take him at his word. Amen. And, man, we, got, we found out weeks later that it was totally uh, benign or totally, totally, I'm like, I'm not surprised. Thank, I'm just thankful. See, God wants you to get into a place where you're not surprised. You're just thankful for God keeping his word. I remember our first food pantry, the years I pastored in the New York City area. We had, we had food. Hundreds of people had signed up to come get food. We were opening up a food pantry. And I get word that they're not going to give us food. And so I said, well... We've got hundreds of people coming for food. My Bible says, I was hungry and you gave me food. So God wouldn't have commanded us if he wasn't going to provide it. So I said, God, you know, I said, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to take my family on a picnic. And that's what I did. Man, we need more picnics in the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on. Amen. I just went on a I didn't even talk about it with my wife. I have learned to keep my mouth shut until I'm ready to speak faith. We just went and had a picnic and had a great time and laughed. The devil doesn't know what to do with laughter. The devil doesn't know what to do with people that won't quit. The devil just doesn't know what to do. Whoa, whoa, what are they laughing at here? I'm throwing problems there. What's going on here? Yeah, it's called knowing who they are in Christ and taking authority over the devil who is under your feet. Amen. I wasn't surprised when I get an email back the next day that said, actually, we've reconsidered. Come get all the food you want. Thank you. I'm glad I didn't waste the night worrying about it. We had a picnic. Amen. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you more to stress about. That's not what it says. And I will give you rest. Come unto me and you will have what I say belongs to you. Rest is the reward of faith. Rest is the result of faith. If you're not in rest, you're not in faith. Rest is a gift. It's available to every follower of Christ. Rest, God's rest, is the ability to not be disturbed. It keeps you in a position of strength. Not a position of weakness. Rest is received by faith. Matthew eleven twenty nine goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, your mind, your will, emotions. Not after you have fixed every problem. That's not what it says. Not after you're problem free, but after you learn who God is. Verse 30, here we go. Are you ready? For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I grew up around a lot of Pentecostals. They don't, they don't believe that verse. They don't believe that. How are you, brother? Oh, she's hard. Oh, carrying a heavy load. Heavy, but bless his holy name. Oh, man, they don't understand. They need revelation. That load you're carrying, that's not from the Lord. 
You're carrying it yourself. God's saying, give it to me. Oh, we're carrying a, hard, a large financial load. You know, I talk to pastors. Oh, I'm carrying a hard. Well, well you, God says he'll supply all his needs according to his riches and glory. Your job is to stay at rest. Your only fight is to fight the good fight of faith. When you work, God rests. When you rest, God goes to work. And God wants to do the supernatural in your life. And he wants the glory, by the way. Amen? I said he wants the glory. He doesn't want to be your future to be limited by your ability or your work ethic or your education. He wants you to put your complete trust in him doing what only he can do. God is not looking for your toil. He's looking for your trust. I love this, 1 Peter 5, 5. I don't want to be much longer. I want you to get this, 1 Peter 5, 5. Be clothed with humility. Do you know the truly humble are the most confident people on the planet? Because their confidence is in the Lord, not in themselves. Humility is not weakness, it's strength. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace, unmerited favor to the humble. I think I said last time I was here, I want my life to look like a turtle up on a fence post. I want people to say that turtle definitely had help. There's no way that turtle get up there on his own. I want people to say, how's he doing that? How's he got that? It's all because of Jesus, and he gets all the glory. It's the favor of God, which comes by faith. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that ye may exalt you through favor, it's saying, in due time. See, God doesn't mind you being exalted. He just doesn't want you exalting yourself. Promotion comes from the Lord, amen? Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you get what we're reading there? That's saying, so intentionally casting all of your care in humility, by casting all of your care on the Lord humbly, it's saying, God, I can, but I don't have to in my own ability because I know you can. By humbly casting all your care on him, it sets you up to be exalted, and to win, no matter what comes your way. I mean, that's good news today, amen. The favor of God goes to work for those. God is not impressed with your ability to carry care. He's impressed with your ability to cast all care on him and say, God, you're my provider. I refuse to worry about that. I refuse to carry that word, uh, that worry. I refuse to carry that situation, I give it to you, and I cast my care on you. As we said this morning, Romans 12, 3 tells us that God gives us, every child of God, the measure of faith. That means you have the ability to win every time because he's given you the power, the currency, to receive from God. Imagine if the power company said to you, we're going to start sending you a check every month to pay for the power we're giving you. You'd say, praise God, I receive it. Well, think about it. God has given us his promises, but he's given us his, the measure of faith to receive what he has promised. It's not a measure, it's the measure. We are armed with the measure of faith. If you've lost your job today, but you have the measure of faith, you got a better job on the way. If you've lost your home and you don't have the measure of faith, you've got a problem. You're homeless. Yeah. 
But if you got the measure of faith, a better home's on the way. Come on. As a child of God, if you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to hear me today. A child of God is always either in one of two positions. You're either up or you're getting up. You're either up or you're getting up, but you're never down with a child of God. Come on, as a child of God, you're either up or you're getting up. His plans are good, and he will see, oversee his plans that they come to pass for his glory. And this verse, I want you to hear me, 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have, though, the, met, the spirit, we have the opportunity to walk in the spirit of faith, which is walking in rest. The spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. That's talking about when scriptures like we walk by faith, not by sight. It's impossible to please God without faith. The just shall live by faith. That's talking about the spirit of faith. And Paul just told us there's two parts to the spirit of faith. It's believing and then speaking what we believe. Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, not believeth, saith, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith not believeth. I want you to hear me today. You are where you are today because of what you said yesterday. But tomorrow is waiting to hear what you're going to say today. Amen. We are made in the image of God. That doesn't just made, we're made, that doesn't mean we're made to look like him. If I untie my hair, I kind of look like a well-fed Jesus. But that's not what that's talking about. That's saying we are made to operate like him. God did not create the world with his thoughts. He created the world with his words. Your words have more power than your thoughts. All God does is speak. Let there be light. They can't. Let the birth. He speaks and things happen. We are made in his image to do the same. So when a thought comes, stop trying to combat thoughts. When you are looking at the fire and tempted to bow and to give in and to quit. I don't care what you're facing today. Don't you quit. You understand the spirit of faith. God has not given us the spirit of fear because he's given us the spirit of faith. And when faith comes, fear has to go. So many people, they believe right, but they don't speak right. Do you believe God wants to supply all your needs? Oh, yes, oh, yes. But, you know, I'll never make more than minimum wage, you know. Well, that's not true, but it can become your truth. Well, God's just mad at me, and he just, he doesn't, he, I don't deserve to be blessed. Well, that's not true after you accept Jesus, but it can become your truth, and therefore you don't receive. But God wants you to understand if you will begin to believe what God's word says and then speak it out of your mouth, nothing has changed my life more than understanding that what I say has power. The power of life and death is in your tongue. He's already given it to you. God is waiting for you to agree. When you speak, does the devil flee or does he say amen? I want to be in agreement with God, not with the enemy. Man, I can always tell if someone's walking in the spirit of faith. All I got to do is listen to them. 
How you doing, brother? Oh, you know, same old, same old. One step forward, two steps back, you know. That's how, well, they're not in the spirit of faith. But we believe, and therefore we speak. When Jesus was tempted, he spoke. It is written. And your thoughts have to conform with what you speak. I want everybody to count from one to ten in their head right now silently. Count from one to ten. Go. Now say your name out loud. Say your name. Come on, say your name. What did you have to do to say your name? You had to stop counting, right? Because your words have more power than what's going on in your mind. When the enemy tries to lie to you, you can't make it. You're never going to, you're going to fail. You got to learn how to speak and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. It doesn't matter how things look around you. It matters what you say. It's not just that there's power just in the saying. It's because of what happens when you speak. When you speak, you are planting seed in the soil of your heart. And the Bible says your heart is the wellspring of life. So if you don't like your harvest, change the seed. The apostles once said, Jesus, give us more faith. And he said, if your faith was as a seed, you would say. How many know seed is only good if you plant it? He said, it doesn't matter if it's a mustard seed, a pumpkin seed. I don't care what kind of seed. If your faith was as a seed, you would say to that tree and it would obey you. And God is saying, I love it. You're never helpless. You're never powerless when you know how to speak in agreement with God. You don't have to be the richest person in the room. You don't have to be the best-looking person in the room like my wife always thinks I am. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can be the person who is in agreement with God. Your words create your world. Your words are vehicles of faith or fear that always get to their destination. God is waiting for you to agree with him and to walk in the spirit of faith. If we've got a musician, you guys can come up. I was recently at a place, and I had my family... I wanted to get my family some ice cream. I cannot tell you how much I'm wanting to end this service, although it's such a privilege to be here, because pastor said we're going to Beanie's, an ice cream place nearby after church. I can taste that cappuccino crunch or whatever right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I tell you what, I took my family to this ice cream place in another state. It was one of these like fancy, you know how they use all these words, creameries and all this stuff. You know, I'm like, what are these like, div- you know, these cows, like special milk or something? My God. But I went to this place and man, I love to tell people the truth about how much God wants to bless them. But I get there and I look at the price of the ice cream for one scoop. And I've got my whole tribe there. And I look at the price for one scoop. I said, do they give you 10 gallons to take home with you? I mean, unbelievable. I didn't say that. I thought it. See, sometimes you have to grab your throat until you're ready to speak in faith. But I remember, I'm looking at one scoop, the price of that, and here, we're more blessed than ever before. But I couldn't believe it. And I heard a little voice next to me say, Dad, can we get two scoops? I said, two scoops? You might as well go to the Longhorn. No, I didn't say that, see? <laughs> I thought that. 
And it just came up out of my spirit. See, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The more you speak, the more you plant. The more you plant, the more you speak. I want you to start believing everything you say is going to come to pass. You stay in agreement with God. You're, you're planting seed. You're planting seed. God needed Abram to start saying something he had never said if he was going to see something he had never seen. He said, Abram, you're now Abraham. Start calling yourself father of many nations before it comes to pass. God calls things that are not as if they already were. Are you hearing me today? And man, I just blurted out, we serve the God of two scoops. He said, go get whatever you want. And all these kids, I, mean, I thought they were going to run out of ice cream. There's so many of us. They walked up and they just kept, everybody ordered exactly what they wanted. I got two scoops too. You can tell, amen. I was in the army, but that was many meals ago, amen. But man, we all got two scoops. We got exactly what we wanted. And just as I went up to pay, this guy came out of nowhere. I mean, I almost grabbed the guy. I didn't know what he was doing. He jumped up and said, I'm paying for this family's ice cream today. And it's not because I was the guest speaker. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. And he paid that. And I just looked up to heaven and said, I'm so thankful we get two scoops. And we got exactly what we wanted. Amen. <laughs> and it was, God it was God showing me, even in a small way, don't bow to the temptation of speaking poverty, speaking lack. Speak hey, there's time, I've had times where I maybe couldn't afford something in the natural, but I never said, I can't, oh, we can't afford that. We can I say, hey, in God's timing, that can come to pass. Let's set our faith. We're walking in the spirit of faith. Don't ever tell your kids, we can't afford that. We can't. You say, hey, if that's God's will, it's going to come to pass. If that's God's will, it's his bill. He's going to bring it to pass. Amen. And trusting him. Staying in the spirit of faith is rewarded every time. So what are you facing today? What are you going through today? I've come to tell you, you can make a decision today to walk in the spirit of faith. And everything is going to be all right. Before, let's all stand together right now. Come on. Let's stand together right now. I want you to hear me today. Before I give everyone an opportunity to make a decision, to walk in to the spirit of faith like never before, I want you to hear me today. I believe that there may be people here today that you need to know that you are saved. The enemy wants you to live in a place of sin, a place bowing to the past, bowing to the natural circumstances. But God is saying, oh, if you will come to me, all things are going to become new. Amen? Old things are going to pass away. Behold, all things become new. And everywhere we go around the nation, we have seen more people come to Jesus. We just finished our greatest year yet for God's glory, and this is going to end up being our greatest month yet of seeing souls come to Jesus. We're so, give the Lord a hand for that, amen? It, from all over the country, we are seeing people come to Jesus. And I want right now, I want everybody here, you don't have to close your eyes and bow your head. This is between you and God. Who cares what people think? It takes boldness. It takes courage. But if you say, preacher, I need to know today that I'm saved. I cannot say for sure that there's not 
one sin at least between God and I. And I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Maybe it's your first time ever. Maybe you've fallen away and you need a new beginning. This is the last Sunday in the first month of this year. What an awesome thing to be able to say, I gave my life to Jesus in the first month of 2022, and it became the greatest year of my life. Amen. I want everybody here that you say, how many know Jesus is coming back? He could come back tonight. And I want you right now, I want every person here to leave ready for Jesus' return. He's coming back for people who can look in anyone's eyes and say, I know I'm saved. I've asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. But right now, if you say, preacher, I need to know that I'm saved, and I want to ask Jesus into my heart. If that's you real quick, just wave your hand real quick and put it right back down. Just put your hand up real quick and say, today, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want, I want to just hands put up real quick. You say, today's my day. You can put it right back down. Say, today is my day. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. There's a hand. Somebody else. Another hand. There's a hand. There's a hand. There's a hand. God's moving in the balcony today. Amen. Come on. There's a hand. If there's anybody on the main floor, come on. You say, today's my day. I need Jesus. And I want to ask Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Listen, I'd be so honored to pray with you today. If that's you, look, just come down right now. Come on, man, just come down right now. And I want to pray with you. Come on down, come on. I want to pray with you right now. Yeah, come on. I'm going to pray. Give the Lord a hand today right now. Come on. Anybody else, whether you raise your hand or not, you want to ask Jesus into your heart. Come on. We're going to pray. Old things are passing away. All things are becoming new. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's keep clapping for Jesus. Come on. He's moving. Wonderful. Wonderful. Come right down here. Wonderful. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! How many know this is what church is all about? <laughs> Come on down. Wonderful. 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 How many know the Bible says... We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Don't ever let anybody tell you that's not the case. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible says that none of us can be good enough, is what it's saying, to get into heaven, that we need Jesus, that he who had no sin became sin, so that we who had no righteousness can become righteous. So right now, I want every one of you, to repeat this prayer after me. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You're a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. Amen? So we're going to call on Jesus. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Because he was paying for our sin that we should have to pay for. But we don't have to because Jesus paid for it. Amen? That's why it's good news. <laughs> Amen? And so it's a free gift. And we're going to pray. I want you to pray this prayer after me. And it's not about feelings, it's about faith. Now let's make this declaration right now. Are you ready? Pray right out loud. Come on, let's all pray it as a family. Can we lift our hands up to our Heavenly Father? Come on, let's just lift up our hands and surrender to Him. I want everybody down here and everybody too. Let's pray it together out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. I declare Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all sin. I thank you that old things are passing away and all things are becoming new. 
I am now right with God. I am now righteous, a righteous child of God. And heaven will be my home. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand to get right now. Stay right here, everybody. Does everybody here have a Bible? Does everybody have a Bible? I know that we'll make sure you do. And pastor's got something here for you. Wonderful. Stay right here. Do we have some people that could come and just pray a prayer of blessing over them? Some of the prayer warriors here that were here at the beginning. Just come down and pray a prayer of blessing over them. Just pray a prayer of blessing over them. What a one. This, listen, I want you to mark down in your Bible, this is your new birthday. Everybody hear me today? This is your new birthday. <laughs> it's wonderful. Everybody here, I want everybody else to hear me today. How many today you would say there are some things, big or small, that have been trying to steal your peace, trying to steal your rest, trying to steal your joy? Anybody? Big or small, I want you today to know you're in the right place. Jesus is your caretaker, but he is looking for you to choose to walk in the spirit of faith. So right now, if you say today, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm going to walk in the spirit of faith like never before. I want to encourage you. There's something about just taking a step. And I want to encourage you. If you say today, you know what? Today's a new day. I'm I am deciding that I'm going to believe and I'm going to speak in agreement with God this year like never before. I'm not going to bow to those things that are trying to steal my peace any longer. If that's you, step out of your seat. Come on, just come down here. Let's come down as a family. Come on. I hope everybody will come. But just come down as a family, and they're going to lead you in a worship song. I'm going to be here. I'll be here. If anyone would like special prayer, I want to agree with you, but step in to the spirit of faith for a few moments right now, and you never have to leave. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of faith. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands up right now. Come on. Just do some business with God. Go ahead and sing something. Go for it. Father, we worship you today.